In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I've become your father? Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. grace. Should we pray? Well, Father, we thank you so much for the scriptures and that we can read them and discover who you are and your purpose for our lives. And so I ask that you would help me to preach faithfully and Lord, that you would set us on fire with love for Jesus in this Christmas season. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, there's a saying, isn't there? If something sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. I received a, a text a few months ago saying, congratulations, um, a distant relative has died and uh, you have inherited 12 million pounds. Just reply to this text to claim your inheritance. Whether it's uh, Red Bull gives you wings or Adidas, impossible is nothing. It seems that, especially in London, even more so at Christmas, we get absolutely bombarded, don't we, with claims that sound too good to be true. And yet, just occasionally, you encounter something that cuts through um, the tinsel. Something that seems so good and so attractive, so beautiful, that it has this kind of irreducible sense of reality to it. Art is a classic case in point here. You can encounter a special painting or an amazing piece of music that somehow it takes you over, it, it, it transports you. 
It points beyond itself to something bigger. I think it can happen in the world of science as well. I was reading the other day that um, an increasing number of astrophysics departments are now filled with people who believe in God and specifically Christians. Almost as if sort of spending your life staring into the awesome expanse of the universe as a way of connecting you somehow to something bigger than yourself. And in our reading this morning, we're invited not to uh, gaze upon a Picasso, not to listen to Mozart, not to look into the vast expanse of the sky at night. We're invited to gaze upon the light and glory streaming from the face of Jesus Christ. And far from being one of those too-good-to-be-true sorts of things, the truth of Christmas, of God revealing himself to us in Jesus, of God speaking to us through Jesus, is the most important and beautiful thing that we could grapple with. And that's why uh, the title for today's message is The Wonderful News of Christmas, God Has Spoken. The Wonderful News of Christmas, God Has Spoken. And there's three things I want to focus on with you in this reading, and all of them are wonderful in their own way. Firstly, the fact that God speaks. Secondly, how God speaks. And finally, why God speaks. The fact of it, how and why. So firstly, the fact that God speaks. Verse 1, the writer to the Hebrews says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. It is a truly wonderful thing to consider that not only is there a living God who created the universe, but that this God speaks to us. This God communicates. If you're here this morning or you're watching online and you're exploring Christianity and you're thinking, well, how could I know God? How can I understand Christianity? The fundamental answer is that God speaks to us. God takes the initiative to reveal himself to us. Now, it's worth pausing to think, why do human beings speak with each other? Well, we might speak for a whole range of reasons, but at its most basic, we speak with other people to either establish or to maintain in some way a relationship. The goal of communication is always relationship in some way. And God speaks to us in order to establish and to strengthen relationship with us. And therefore, we're, all, we're already confronted, aren't we, in this reading with the fact that God is not primarily um, an idea to be played around with. He's a person to be known and enjoyed and obeyed. And that is why God speaks. And do you remember, back in Genesis 3, what the devil's tactic was, what his question was in the garden. His subtle question was, did God really say? Did God really say that? And it was an attempt to attack and obscure the fact that God had spoken clearly. And it's no different today, whether we're considering the divinity of Christ, the resurrection, money, human sexuality, the call to repentance, whatever the issue is. There's no more important fact for us to grasp than this, that God has spoken. 
when Christians begin to lose confidence in the fact that God has spoken, all kinds of problems follow from that. But the amazing truth is that God has spoken. And this means that God has not left us alone in the dark to figure out if he cares or what his will is. There's plenty in this world, isn't there, that can lead us to feel despair about the state of the world. There's war, increasing inequality, disease, tragedy. And then you chuck into the mix our own personal stuff, whether that's grief, illness, chronic pain, mental health struggles, relational problems, financial problems. And maybe for you, it's just the grind of the rat race in the urban jungle. And then chuck into that, there's our own stubbornly ingrained sins and mistakes. It could be an addiction or a sin that you still struggle with after many years. And you kind of think, why do I still struggle with this? Why can't I get past this? Well, friends, the fact that God has spoken is exceptionally good news. Because it means that God knows what we need. And he's already taken action to speak and to reveal everything that we need to live for him. Like a shaft of light piercing through the clouds to light up our path. So don't give in to despair or apathy. When my phone flashes at me to say that Nikki has texted me, it, all, it, it always produces in me a flash of excitement and curiosity. And in a similar way, when we're told here that God has spoken, it's like God is pinging us a message right from the outset saying, hope is coming. And we can say those words with Psalm from Psalm 119 with fresh anticipation, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my, for my path. So the fact that God has spoken is like a billboard shouting, there is hope. However, as we'll see in this passage, when God speaks, he doesn't just give us information about himself, it's even better. He gives us a person. He gives us his son. And that leads into my second point, how God speaks. So listen, let's just listen to verses 1 to 2 again, because there's so much in them. In the past, he says, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, it's the Old Testament, at many times and in various ways. So whether that was in dreams, uh, in a whole multiform, uh, different ways that God spoke. But, verse 2, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed, heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. So the writer starts by just acknowledging that God has spoken in all sorts of ways in the Old Testament. And, and most often this would come through a prophet, um, through whom God would speak. But nevertheless, in the Old Testament, the revelation that was received was always incomplete. And what the writer to the Hebrews wants us to see here is that God speaking to us by his son is better in every sense to the old way that God spoke before. And he reasons that God speaking to us through Jesus is better because, well, verse 3 expresses it uh, so eloquently, doesn't it? The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word. You know, when newspapers started moving over from paper to online content, it was described 
as a kind of upgrade in communication, wasn't it? But when God spoke through Jesus, it wasn't just an upgrade to how God had spoken before. It was something totally new. And the very thing the whole of the Old Testament was pointing to. God himself rolled up his sleeves, stepped off his throne, and took upon himself human nature. And he did it to speak something decisive to us. Christmas teaches us ultimately that God is not in the business just of giving us information, though he does do that. Christmas teaches that God is in the business of giving us a person, of giving us his son, who is described as the exact representation of God's being. And when we see that God sends his son, we can see how intent, how, how set God is on coming to help us. We all know how annoying it is, don't we, to receive well-meaning advice uh, that, that's not actually helpful, uh, like backseat drivers or unhelpful call centers, um, or like some advice I saw recently, if you see someone crying, ask them if it's because of their haircut. But in Jesus, God speaks to us, not information, not good advice. In Jesus, he speaks good news. He actually comes to us to help us himself. And in so doing that, God has spoken something completely final and decisive. And that's why he says in verse 2, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. It's the same period of time we're in, the last days. That reference to last days suggests that God speaking in Jesus is the summit and the totality of all revelation after which no further revelation will be given. And again, this is worth pausing to consider, I think, isn't it? Because if, like me, you can sometimes, I can sometimes be tempted to pray far too quickly, actually. God, if only you would speak to me about this or that. If only, God, you would not be so silent about what I'm facing. Then I'd find it easier to trust you. You know, maybe for you it's a really painful medical problem. Maybe it's a really stressful family situation. Maybe just a kind of bitter loneliness. And we can cry out, if only you would speak to me. Well, in this reading, I think God says to us so kindly and so gently, I have spoken in my son, and he is enough for you and I. The Apostle Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So what if, as an experiment, in this Christmas season, we try a different kind of prayer? It's still okay to ask God to speak to us, and he does that. 1 Corinthians 14 is very clear that this is a spiritual gift God can speak into individual um, circumstances and lives. But what if, in this Christmas season, we try a different kind of prayer? Instead of crying out, God, please speak to me, what if instead we pray, God, thank you for speaking to me in your son. Now would you open my eyes to see more of the infinite riches that I actually already have in him. The wonderful news of Christmas is the fact that God speaks, but specifically, the 
wonder is also how God speaks, that he speaks to us in a person, he speaks to us in his son. And the adventure of a lifetime is going deeper and deeper into all that Jesus is for us. And taking some time to really consider and soak in, the, in, in that sort of glorious truth is so important. I mean, who could possibly fathom that a tiny baby 2,000 years ago in the Middle East could also be the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. It just bends the minds, doesn't it, when you think about it? Sustaining all things, yet at the same time sustained by his mother's milk. The good news of Christmas is the fact that God speaks. It's how God speaks, and finally it's why God speaks. And halfway through verse 3, it summarizes the whole of Jesus' earthly ministry as providing purification for sins. It's telling us here why Jesus was born, that he was born to die on the cross and to rise from the dead. And the why of all of this was to deal with human sin, that deep and stubborn tendency to rebel and to resist um, God's ways. Uh, there was a picture that uh, should come on the screen that I like that says, um, uh, tis the season, and there's a picture of a, it doesn't look like it's working, but it should say, um, tis the season with a Christmas, uh, like a Christmas wreath, and then right next to it says, tis the reason, with a picture of the crown of thorns. And that's, that's it. And even if, um, to put it in more, you know, London-friendly terms, I heard someone put it like this, that the only way to Mansion House is via King's Cross. That the only way to truly understand Jesus and why he came is to see that he was born to suffer and to die. Um, a key theme in the book of Hebrews is that Jesus is our great high priest. And uh, there's a moment in chapter 7 when the writer says this, Unlike the other high priests, Jesus does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. So what he's saying to us back here in chapter 1 is that when God speaks to us in his son, it is not just that Jesus would be God with us, as true and as important as that is, but that he would also be God for us, uh, living and dying in our place and dealing with that sort of huge elephant in the room, which is our sin. And that means that when we celebrate Christmas, we can celebrate a God who is willing to dive into the absolute depths of sin and death in order that he could lift us out of the mud to life with him. The wonderful news of Christmas is that God has spoken to us in his son. So let's lean into him in this season and see afresh just how truly wonderful he really is. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would help us this Christmas to treasure Jesus Christ more deeply. Show us more of just how good he is and what he has done. And thank you that you are a God who speaks life and hope to us.
And so we put all of our trust in you again this morning. In Jesus' name.